Good morning and welcome to Law Talk. My name is Mitchell Panter. I'm an attorney with the law firm of Panter, Panter and San Pedro. So more than 20 years ago, Law Talk was developed. And what happened was Brett and I decided that we wanted to help the community. And with the help of the Bar Association, what we were able to do is interview various lawyers and people in the legal community. The point was to educate you, to be able to tell you different things about different fields of law. And so what we did was we spoke with many different lawyers, many different politicians, people in the community uh, to try to tell you a little bit about what's going on. Panter Panter and San Pedro is a law firm and we deal with personal injury, medical malpractice, products liability, premises liability. And what we wanted to do many years ago was develop a network, a group of people that were able to help all of our clients with all of our needs. Because we advertise, we had lots of different clients that call for different types of cases, taxation, bankruptcy, immigration, criminal, civil. We never wanted to say, I don't do that, or I don't know anybody that does. So what we did was we formed the Panther, Panther and San Pedro Network. We formed that by sending out a newsletter to uh, 8,000 lawyers in the Miami-Dade community. And in response to that, we met with a lot of different people. And what we did was we spoke with these lawyers and made sure that they were skilled, qualified, and competent people in their given field, such as Magda Abda Gomez, who you're gonna speak with in a few minutes. And what we wanted to do was to be able to say to people, okay, we do personal injury, but if you have a problem with taxation, with immigration, with criminal law, here's somebody that we can recommend for you that will be able to help you. And so Panther Panthers and Pedro Network was born. Our podcast today um, and for the next several weeks coming up will feature a variety of different lawyers doing different things. And I'm thrilled today to introduce Magda Abda Gomez. Magda, introduce yourself. Yes, good morning. So my name is Magda Abda Gomez. Everybody knows me as Maggie. Um, what do you I, do? So I am um, mostly a tax attorney. I have a master's of law in tax. I worked for the IRS for four years as an attorney. Um, and um, handling all kinds of tax, uh, tax litigation, advice to revenue agents regarding collections, audits, things like that. And while I was there, uh, two of the four years, I was also sworn in as a special assistant U.S. attorney uh, representing the IRS in bankruptcy court. And so those are my two main fields now, uh, tax litigation and consumer bankruptcy matters. Tell us a little bit about your background. Where'd you grow up? Where'd you go to school? How'd you get to where you are today? Yes, so I uh, grew up here in Miami since I was eight years old. I've been here. I graduated from Miami Coral Park. I'm a Ram. From there, I um, went to University of Miami. We won't talk about that mistake. <laughs> I know that you're a big cane. I'm a big gator. Um, so uh, I wanted to be an interpreter and I was an interpreter after I graduated from college for a year. Um, for certain reasons, I just decided then maybe to become a lawyer. And I'm happy that I did. I love what I do. I love helping people. Um, they come to you, their problems are to them insurmountable. And it's really a great feeling to help them uh, start fresh. Uh, get the IRS off their back and uh, give them that sense of relief and comfort. Um, and so that's what I do. And that's what I've been doing for over 35 years. So in, in our world, in the plaintiff personal injury world, we've got the defense lawyers and you've got the personal injury lawyers. And I worked my first five years doing insurance defense which gave me a good opportunity and availability to understand what the other side's thinking. I think I heard you correctly that you worked for the other side. Exactly. I did for approximately four years. I represented the IRS. So you're right. I kind of know how they're going to evaluate a case. What, 
how will they think about the case? Because even after 30 years, they still haven't really changed much. Um, and so as they, they trust you. Uh, now, of course, all the people that I work with are almost, almost all are retiring. But because it's what I do predominantly, you get to know some of the new people. You work with them over and over again. And then they they like it because they already know that they can trust what you're saying, uh, which helps the client in the long run. Because if I represent something on behalf of my client, then the client has credibility in front of the IRS. Exactly. Uh, and so they, they work with you. Um, and it, it's just a good thing. That sort of takes us into our next area, relationships. And at some point in time, you came and became a member of the Panther, Panther and San Pedro Network. How'd you get involved with us? So I remember, I don't remember exactly what year it was, but it might have been around 2005, 2006, 2004, around there. I got a little postcard in the mail uh, saying that there was this network starting up and was I interested? And I thought, well, this can't be real, but let's just try it. And you know, because it was no cost, no obligation. And uh, I thought, let's let's try. And so I sent it back in. And uh, within a certain amount of time, I don't remember when, I met with David San Pedro for lunch. And the rest is history. I've been able to participate in so many of your events, your baseball games that you take us to, dinners, uh, get-togethers. It's all been a, a positive experience. It's all about building relationships exactly. and has the building relationships with not only our network, but the legal community helped you. I think you said it helps you in representing your clients and getting their point across. How does that come about in the day-to-day -day real world though, the relationship building? Well, sometimes my clients, not very often, but sometimes my own clients will have problems that I don't handle such as personal injury. And then at least I know that I'm representing, I'm sending them to someone who is an extension of me. I want to, I want to build relationships with attorneys who have my same values. And I mean, um, integrity, uh, being honest with the client, wanting to help their client that I know that if I send someone to someone from your network or to your firm specifically, that my client is going to be treated the way I would have treated them. And to me, that's very important. And you get that through these relationships. And that's why we're thrilled to have you as part of our network and, and our whole network in general. Um, that's what we do. So tell us a little bit about a day-to-day -day job. What do you do? How do you get your clients? Where do you speak to them about? What, what is it you do to help people? All right. So most of the time, either a client is referred to me or the truth of the matter is over the last five years, I've noticed a lot of them are just coming from the internet. Uh, so I don't know what I'm doing, but whatever I'm doing, it appears to be going well. So a client will call most of the time. It's like, I got a letter from the IRS. Uh, they're saying I owe them $100,000. And so then I have to try to figure out what kind of a letter are they getting. Some of the letters are actually collection letters where the amount's already owed. Some of the times they don't understand that what the IRS is doing is that they're proposing an assessment, meaning it's an audit. And the clients don't really understand the difference between the two. So if it's an audit, then basically the IRS hasn't said that you really owe us. They're saying, hey, we think you owe us 100,000. And so the way I approach that is, well, let's fight, fight the adjustments they're trying to make. So that's one way. Um, that, that one's handled a little bit differently. Well, let me stop you there. I got a yeah. quick question because I, I get it 
myself personally, my family, my friends, and a lot of older people, emails, texts, phone calls. Hi, this is the IRS. What's that all about? That is all a scam. That is okay. all a scam. Everyone should know that the IRS will never text you or call you or email you. Okay. Never, just never, never, never. Everything will come the old fashioned way through a letter from the United States Post Office. How do you know if it's a real letter or scam? So if it's a real letter, and I know that, and I've seen some scams, every one of their letters has a number attached to it. So you can just go to the irs.gov and put that letter number, and it'll tell you what the letter is supposed to be about. Nowadays, they also have upgraded, and they are, they're actually having a QR code on every one of their letters. So the newer letters have QR codes, and you could just scan that QR code and see. The letter will also show your social security number, uh, which a scammer hopefully might not have. And then the letter should kind of make sense and also have contact information, which then you could call and see if that number is legitimately the IRS. Or basically, if you don't trust the letter at all, and don't, then call up the 1-800-829-1040. That's the main so number. Repeat that again. 829-1040, 1-800-829-1040. What is that? That's the IRS number. That's their oldest number that I'm aware of. Um, they have many, many other 800 numbers, but calling that number, you know you're getting to the IRS. So if you're afraid of the letter, contact contact the main, main 800 number. I mean, you may have to wait a couple of hours <laughs> to get through to them, but you will know if the letter is legit or not. So I get the phone call. They say, this is the IRS. What then do I do? They, well, you should never have answered the phone. But if you did, <laughs> just say, well, thanks for calling and just hang up. Okay. Uh, I know some people that play around because they know it is a scam. And so then they just waste their time. And it, I, I don't have that time to waste. But if you have that time to waste or one of your clients doesn't just wants to yank the chain of the scammer, they could do that. The text, the email, delete, delete, delete. delete. Do not respond to any of that. Um, even if I'm dealing with an with the IRS, with if I'm dealing with an auditor, officer or even their attorneys they will not email okay they will not email they have started uh, this new program which was shocking but so within the last 10 days i was dealing with an appeals officer and he's like well we're allowed now through this secure portal to email and i was like wow this is wonderful so basically they have to send me an invitation with a specific number okay then i log into the portal before I can access anything, I have to give that portal my information and the client's information and this special invitation number. Is this something that happens with lawyers only or uh, regular people? I guess with, I don't know if they'll do it with regular people, okay. um, but if, yeah, I suppose that they can do it with regular people if you are the taxpayer. Okay. So now you have to be a representative or the, or the taxpayer, I'm assuming. So once they vet you, then they give you access, okay. right? So they, they make sure that you truly are who you say you are, because I have my credentials registered with them, and that you are authorized to represent that taxpayer whose information you provided. Let's just be clear on this. Somebody calls up and says, hi, this is Mike from the IRS. What's your social security number? No, never, 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 because the IRS knows your social security number. Okay, all right, who are your clients? Anybody that has a problem with the IRS, I have businesses, businesses individuals. I have businesses, individuals, 
I've also been doing lately um, more and more Department of Revenue cases. Believe it or not, the Department of Revenue is much harder to work with. What than is that? The What's the Department the of Florida Revenue? Department of Revenue is, uh, I, uh, the Florida taxation. So sales tax, mainly sales tax uh, is the audits that I've been getting from them because we don't have individual income tax in the right. state of Florida. We do have corporate income tax, but I haven't seen too many of those. I mostly get sales tax audits. And give for, us an example. Businesses. What What is the average case? Somebody calls up from, let's take it two different steps. One is a person calls up and the other is a business calls up. So John Smith calls you up and says, I have a problem with the IRS. What do I do? How do you help me? Well, I have to look at the letter and so it starts with the letter. That's it the starts first with time. The letter. Well, no, well, sometimes someone will call me and say, you know, I haven't filed tax returns in 10 years. I want to come clean with the IRS. I have a gentleman right now. He got a big, uh, some sort of settlement in the hundreds of thousands of dollars. I don't know how much he got, but he's like, I've gotten his attorney reached out to me. His client's going to get this money. He hasn't filed tax returns in like 10 years and he doesn't even know where to begin. So in that case, I had to go into the IRS uh, website, you know, with his credentials to get like all the W-2s that he had received over those years, all the 1099s. Uh, those we are create income. everything. Right. And so I was able to get all of those for the client and send them to him. Now he'll go to an accountant and get that return, those returns prepared. And then once those are prepared and the filed with the IRS and the taxes assessed, then we go to, okay, now they're going to start sending me bills. What are we going to do? How are we going to work that out? So it could be different things. It could be that, or it could be they've already filed a return, they're getting audited, or they filed a return and couldn't pay, or there was an audit and there was additional taxes assessed and they can't pay. So then it, it just depends on what their issues are. If it's, I can't pay, I already owe, then it's the collection tools that they, that we have, which are really very few. If it's, we're being audited, then it's basically, let's try to prove that you're entitled to the expenses they say that you're not entitled to, um, that you didn't have the income that they say that you did, uh, because there I can go all the way into the tax court. And one thing that your custom, that the audience should know is that these letters that the IRS sends, a lot of clients see an envelope from the IRS and they're afraid, they don't want to deal with it, they put it aside, and what they don't realize is that there are certain appeal rights and those letters provide you those appeal rights. And once those are expired, you can't get them back. So you can't ignore them, you have to read it carefully and the appeal periods are different. Some of them are 30 days, some of them are 60 days. From when you get the letter? Yes, okay. some of them are 90 days. Once those days expire, you've lost all well, of those Don't stick your head rights. in the sand, exactly. get on it immediately. Exactly, because there's a lot more things that we can do to prevent problems than to ignore it and then have those appeal periods It's not expired. going away. It's not the going IRS away. is not going the away. The IRS is not going away. You, you mentioned a word and I want to delve into it a little bit, audit. What does an audit mean? An audit is when you file the return and you've claimed, let's say, certain expenses uh, or you've claimed a certain amount of income. On the income side, understand that when you get paid 
through a W-2, which is your wages, wage statement, or 1099, which is an independent contractor statement, those get sent to the IRS. So automatically, their computer matching system will make sure that all of the information that they have received appears on the return. So dividends, interest, wages, on, uh, employment, you know, as independent contractor, all of that is matched with your return. If it's not, if it doesn't appear there, that return is going to immediately get kicked out and you're going to get a letter saying, we have been informed that you received this income. Your return does not report this income. You owe us X amount of money. So that's one audit. These are automated. Okay, so you get that. What do you do? So the letter says that you can either agree if, they, if they're correct. Oh, you're right. I forgot to include that. You sign the letter. You agree. They'll assess it, meaning it's a finding that you owe that extra amount, and then they'll start to bill you. If you say, so it, if, if you say, if they, if you say, I, I didn't get that. And I have, I've had situations like that where amounts have been duplicated. Uh, I've had situation, I had a young lady that we just finished the case. She had been working with one employer and the employer had been using a payroll system. And after like two months, they changed payroll systems. So the new payroll system incorporated doubled up. The, the amounts that she had earned, but the old payroll system issued the W-2 to the IRS. So now she, and it wasn't 5,000, it was in the hundreds of thousands. Okay. So now she's looking like she's earning 300,000 when she really only earned 200,000. So right? they, they come to you. That's the first thing they so, should do. Well, in that case, unfortunately, she did not come to me. She went to an accountant. They were, and it became a tax court matter. They were sending the response, but instead of filing with the tax court, they kept sending it to the IRS attorney. So let me ask you a real important issue there. Do I go to my accountant or do I go to the lawyer? Well, is an accountant a lawyer? No. Accountants, accountants love to practice tax law and I've, and they've done a lot of damage. They've done a lot of damage. I know because I've represented those clients. Um, they just don't get really the specialist. Know. Well, I mean, if you had a heart problem, would you go to the general practitioner exactly. or would you go to your cardiologist? I think I'd go to my cardiologist. They don't know all the tools and they, they just know a few things and they do things and that end up hurting the client. All right, let me switch. So we, we see the TV commercials, the ads, the, the FaceTime, all these different things. And they talk about, oh, we can wrap you up and get you pennies on the dollars. False, true. Okay, so the IRS has tagged those agencies as a scam. If you look at uh, every year, the IRS publishes their dirty dozen list, okay? Those entities are one of them. And perhaps, a regular person would not have picked up on it, but as soon as the IRS, but but I'm a tax attorney, so when I listen to those commercials, it just makes every cringe. It, it just makes <laughs> me cringe. Um, and when the IRS published and made them one of the dirty dozen, had you listened carefully, you would have saw, seen that they changed their. Some of them changed their commercials slightly, slightly because of that. Um, I've had customers come to them 
to me from them and they say I, I've been ripped off. Yes. Why? It is not that the it is not that that avenue does not exist. I can tell you that last year during the pandemic, one of my cases was decided my client owed over a million dollars, well over a million dollars. And I settled the case for like $6,000. How? Is it possible? It's possible. The tool exists. Okay. However, you cannot state it's, it's just like you. Maybe my injuries resulted in a million dollar recovery. But does that mean everybody that walks into your door through your door is going to get a million dollars? Excellent point. They're not. They're not right. And so, is did Congress permit the IRS to settle cases for less than is owed? Yes, the statute is there. However, the results depend on the particular facts of each individual taxpayer. And they do one by one. One by one. Okay. And and in order to take advantage of that, there's a lot of paperwork that needs to be filed. And what and what the IRS has complained about these outfits is is that they're just working on volume. They don't care right. if you don't really qualify. They're just going to submit. They just submit the paperwork knowing that you're not really going to qualify. But they charge you the money up front. And then they come to you and say, oh, guess what? The IRS didn't accept it. Sorry. I do it completely the opposite way around. You need to give me the information first. I then analyze it and determine, will you succeed? So we can go back to the, the the concept we've been advertising lately. Bigger is not better. Exactly. You know, we're a small law firm and we handle our clients one on one. I presume you similarly are one on one and you handle it and you deal with yes, that way. I, you know, right on my website, it says, you know, your it's your work will always be done by an attorney. Okay. You know, it's it's like I consider a white glove service. You know, do, do you want do you want to deal with me here locally? Right. Or do you want to deal with an outfit that you might not be getting an attorney? You may not be getting the same person twice. You might not be getting the person who's advertising on TV. That's one of your, of course. Uh, you know, one of someone that's advertising against those big boys ever claiming to big boys. Um, who do you want to help you? Well, so I hire you. Let me ask the hard question. Do I pay you? You get per percentage. How does your salary or fee structure work? It's, it's by the hour. Okay. I do charge by the hour. I think based on my level of experience, I charge a lot less than I should. Um, and I know that it sounds like a lot, but because I do this every day for over 30 years, I work very quickly. I'm very efficient, right? I'm not there to have the client have sticker shock when he sees my bill. And I'm happy to say that no client has ever complained about my bill or refuse to pay my bill. Let me ask a few specific questions. So uh, I'm looking here, the Florida constitution says that creditors cannot take my home. Can the IRS take my home ever? Yes. How? So understand that the Florida constitution in Florida in no state law applies to the IRS. The IRS is a federal entity and it is governed by the United States code in their case in particular, the internal revenue code. So the Internal Revenue Code, and it, by the way, it has been changed in, during when I started out. When I started out 30 years ago, they could take your home, no questions asked. And I had several clients whose homes were taken. And then, of course, we fight and we get back their home. 
But um, so right now, the way the law stands, if the amount of tax that you owe is $5,000 or less, they cannot take your home. If you owe more than $5,000, they can take your home only if a judge or magistrate approves the taking. They can't just walk in and put a lock on your door and say- They can't take, not anymore, okay. not anymore. Now they would have to get the Department of Justice to bring an action in federal court to approve the taking of the home. And if the judge says yes, then the home would be taken. Wow. Okay. I would say in, I mean, at the beginning of my career and when I worked with the IRS, yes, we took homes. And yes, I've had clients whose homes were taken since the law was changed. And I forget how long ago it's been, but probably like at least 20 years. I haven't seen, I've only seen one client who was no longer my client where they were proposing to take the home. And what, you know what I have to say to that? He deserved it. Okay. Okay. So now I imagine the Department of Justice has to really go up before a judge and justify why they're taking this person's home. You know. How about salary, wages? How can they affect that? So uh, the federal law, so this is a little confusing. There is a federal law that says that the maximum amount that they can take from the wages is 25%. That's the general rule. Florida, Florida has better protection for individuals than the federal rule if you're a head of a household. So ahead of a household, generally, they can't take any wages if you earn less than 750 a week. If you earn more than 750 a week, they still can't take it unless the debtor signed something that said that they could. And if you're not ahead of a household, they can take 25%. None of that applies to the IRS. So the Internal Revenue Code says they can take your wages, and it's basically based on the standard standard deduction plus the exemption divided by 52. So right now, uh, starting in 2018, we no longer are we have a higher standard deduction and no personal exemptions. So for example, a quick calculation: if you're a single taxpayer, the standard deduction is I believe twelve thousand four hundred dollars, and the personal exemption is four thousand one hundred and fifty dollars, with probably a few hundred dollars for inflation adjustments. So I don't know the exact figure. So basically $16,000 for a single taxpayer, divide 16,500, divide that by 52 weeks. That's how much they'll let you keep from wow. your salary, which is really, really nothing. No. Hard. Okay. So obviously- Can you fight that? Well, if you had responded to the letters, you would never have gone to that point. Okay. Okay. That's why I say it's so important that you not ignore the letters. The letters escalate. The letters get worse and worse, right? Okay. So they'll start to tell you, hey, you owe us. Hey, there's a reminder that you owe us. Penalties, interest. Penalties and interest compound daily. Okay. Interest compounds daily and it fluctuates quarterly. Right now it's still at 3%. It had, right before the pandemic, it had was up to 5%. Uh, so every quarter it gets readjusted up or down depending on what's going on. So COVID, last COVID. year and a half, two years, what's what's going on with COVID as it relates to taxes, IRS? They're still collecting their taxes. Um, but they're, they're not giving money slower. back that quicker. Because I remember last year it took 
eight, nine, 10 months for them to finalize. And I had a return coming and it didn't get it okay. this year, a lot quicker, but last year it took forever. So, you know, they got, I know everybody loves to hate the IRS. I, I feel for them because I understand where they're coming from and what has been done to that agency. So think back before the pandemic, they were shut down. Before the pandemic, there was a government shutdown. I know because I've lived through these. So we had in who I thought like, can lightning possibly strike twice? I didn't think it could, but it did. So I got hit in 2019. They were shut down for months. Right. I don't know if you remember. So I do. And what does that mean that you couldn't talk to them? You can't. Exactly. Any they, were furloughed. Yeah. they were furloughed. Wow. So they were shut down. They literally. And, and, and it's funny because when I worked for the IRS twice, the government did not reach budget. So they right there in the middle of the day, go home. We're done. We're closed. We're closed. So that meant we went home. We were furloughed. We were out of a job. Right. And so when they were furloughed, they were out of a job that was not functioning. So they, they were already behind. Then COVID comes and they shut down again. So they, they get behind. And, and on top of everything else. So here we are. Oh, my God. So we're running out of time. But no. basically... They they're just way behind. They are making a dent. And, but are you in trouble because they're I mean, I can't resolve my no, issues. I can't well, talk to people. No, basically, unfortunately, interest and penalties keep on compounding. Um, they they're behind, but they're but they're working. They're working. They have been working since July. But I think the They're important working from thing home. is to make sure you stay in touch with your lawyer so your lawyer can document everything and make sure that even though they're not there, you're on top of it, you're right. complying, you're right. doing what you're supposed to be doing. Exactly. All right. I want to thank you very much for being with us today. If you'd be so kind, how do I get in touch with you? So I can be reached at 305-559-4878 or by email. My name is Maggie, M-A-G-G-I-E, at magtaxatty.com. And we didn't get to it today, but we will another time. You do bankruptcy as well? I do. All right. Questions with bankruptcy, questions with taxes. Maggie, Magda, Abdo, Gomez, give her a call. I want to thank you for being with us today here. I want to thank you for listening to Law Talk, and we look forward to seeing you again. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me.